Welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, Ryan here. Today I brought a little friend of mine. His name's Boo Boo. This is actually my girlfriend's micro chihuahua. And if you think he's cute, hit that like button. Just get it out of the way. Hit the like button right now. We're like five seconds into the video. Do it for Boo Boo. Do it for me. And now I want to talk about what they are not telling you about selling your own print-on-demand merchandise on your own branded website. Those of you guys that are new to my channel, welcome. My name is Ryan Hogue. I've been working as a web developer for about the last 10 years actually professionally and I, through my passive income ventures I was able to quit my job uh, about a month before the pandemic really started taking its effect here in America. So I've had, I had a one month head start on a lot of people. But during my tenure as a web developer, I learned a lot about running a website, you know, building it up myself, like actually getting my hands dirty, writing some code. But I also learned about really the hardest lesson there is to learn, and it's about visibility. It's about driving traffic to your website. That is the hardest challenge anybody faces, whether you're running a website, whether you're running a brick and mortar store. It's all about visibility. Anybody trying to sell something will make zero sales if nobody knows about what you're trying to sell and nobody sees it. And it doesn't change. Like when we shift to digital and we shift to e-commerce, that problem doesn't go away. I know a lot of people that put in days, if not months of effort and money into launching great online stores under their own brand. And I'm not trying to talk you out of it. I do think it's a good idea in the long run, but you have to set your priorities straight. And what they're not telling you about print on demand, you know, I, I do click around every now and then, look at some of my competitors on YouTube. And the other day I saw a video, it had half a million views talking about selling print on demand online, telling you about websites like of all places, Teespring, which doesn't do a good job driving organic traffic to the platform. And that's really why I talk about selling on places like, you know, not Teespring, but let's say Amazon or eBay or Etsy, places with great organic traffic or Redbubble, they're doing really well organically in search results on Google, but they're also paying to run ads in Google Shopping and normal um, AdWords ads. So what I wanna break down really quickly, you know, in a minute I'm gonna hop on my computer, I just wanna show you some of my credentials on some of the websites that I've built over the years, show you that I do have some organic traffic building chops to the tune of actually, I did the math right before I started this recording, uh, 28.6 million visitors over the last 10 years from a website I built for fun in college. And you know, I wanna give you some tips if you are running your own, you know, I don't wanna just say Shopify because I know there's people running like WooCommerce and what, Thrivecart, I don't know, there's a bunch. What was the other one that I saw the other day? Um, it's escaping me, but yeah, there's a lot of options if you wanna run your own website. My girlfriend's actually behind the camera. She loves Shopify, so she'd probably rather me plug Shopify and just ignore the other options. But yeah, guys, it's not a bad idea to have your own store, but just set your priorities. Get listed on the big websites first, because what they're not telling you about print on demand, when you see these bigger YouTubers, their videos with half a million views, telling you what a great idea it is to start your own Shopify store or sell on places like Teespring that really don't do that well when it comes to driving organic traffic is that if you don't have visibility on your products, you're not gonna make any sales. So let me hop on over to my computer, bear with me. I'll be right back and I'm gonna go through some of my uh, detailed statistics from some of my most popular websites.
So the second part of this video, I wanna give you some organic traffic building strategies, assuming you're running your own website. But the purpose of the first half of the video was really me trying to place a priority on visibility for your business. And the easiest way to do that is to just follow the customers. Go where they are going and be there when they do a keyword search for something you're selling, all right? So you, I, I talk plenty about Amazon, Etsy, you know, the big e-commerce giants that we should all be taking advantage of for our print-on-demand sales. I talk about them all the time on my channel. But from here, uh, for the next couple minutes, I wanna just talk a little bit about how to build organic website traffic if you are trying to start your own, let's just let's just say Shopify to keep it simple, Shopify store to sell print-on-demand through. So what you've got right here, this is just my real-time data for my biggest website that I run. Uh, I took this right before I hopped on. So just so you know, I do have a little bit of uh, experience to speak to in this realm. 44 active users right now. Uh, and then the last 30 days, 351,000 users, 451,000 sessions. And this year to date, uh, 1.39 million users, uh, just under 2.5 million page views. So quite a bit of traffic here. And I'm gonna just touch on a couple things that you can jot down if you wanna keep notes that are, in my opinion, very important. Like there's a lot of things you can do, especially if you're a technical web developer. You can do infinite things, it seems. Like the list never ends to make your website just a little bit better. But I wanna give you the low-hanging fruit that I think can't be ignored for any website if you want visibility. So first, before I get into them, I'm gonna use this as an example, but I went to Google and face masks are selling really well. They're probably the hottest selling print on demand product right now other than t-shirts. And I just searched for funny face mask and I had to scroll past Google image results. And I just wanna show you the priority, or not priority, the uh, hierarchy of search results that I saw. So number one, you see amazon.com. So if we're thinking, I wanna, I wanna make money selling print on demand right now, how do I do it? Follow the customers, where's Google sending customers to? I mean, first of all, most people just go directly to Amazon, right? But if they go to Google, which is probably the second most popular destination for starting an e-commerce uh, purchasing trip online, they go to Google, Google sends them to Amazon, you wanna be there. And you'll notice that link is automatically searching funny face mask. So it's gonna be um, the search results page for those keywords. Right there in the number two spot, we can see Etsy.com. So Google's sending people to Amazon. People that don't like to shop on Amazon, they're being sent to Etsy. And by the way, just a couple of weeks ago, I did a video letting you guys know that the uh, Etsy CEO was on an interview with uh, Jim Cramer on CNBC talking about the just absolute explosion in traffic to Etsy in the month of April they sold millions of dollars of face masks, but not just face masks, they were selling everything. Like there was just this massive explosion in demand for print on demand products. And that was also reflected and is currently still being reflected by the uh, production delay times for Printful. So, you know, obviously you don't have to use Printful as your production partner, but Printful did say on their blog that they're seeing Black Friday like spikes in demand. So right now is obviously, I'm, I'm seeing a spike in my print-on-demand videos on YouTube. So obviously like people are not only buying it, but people are figuring out how to sell it. And welcome to my channel, by the way, if you're new, hit that subscribe button. But we wanna be on Etsy, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the, all the data is there, all the signals are there, all the indicators that we should be paying attention to are saying, get on Etsy, get on Amazon, get your print-on-demand products up there. 
Next up, Zazzle in the number three spot. Now, I personally have not had a, tr a ton of success selling on Zazzle. I've got a ton of t-shirts listed there via, you know, I use automation to upload to what I consider to be tier three markets. I don't automate my uploads to Amazon or Etsy, but the rest of them I do. Uh, Merch Titans Automation is the name of the app. If you're interested, there's always a link in the description. Uh, but yeah, Zazzle. So we need to prioritize getting on Zazzle. If you're writing down a list, you'd make that your number three priority if you're trying to sell primarily face masks, which again are in very high demand. Next up, Redbubble. And this is what's cool about both Zazzle and Redbubble that cannot be said about Amazon, Etsy, or down there in the fifth spot, eBay. With Zazzle and Redbubble, when you upload a design, you don't need to re-upload it to have it made available for sale on a different product. So if you want to upload your best design that you just spent an hour creating and you want to make it for sale on t-shirts, coffee mugs, and masks, three of the most popular print-on-demand products right now, you can upload it one time to Zazzle, one time to Redbubble, and you can make it available for on all those products. If you do it on Amazon, Etsy, or eBay, you're going to need... If you want to do this the right way, you're going to need to create different listings and go through the product, uh, sorry, go through the workflow for creating a product listing multiple times. So not all of these uh, platforms are just copy paste uh, replicas of each other. You kind of have to get familiar with each of the platforms. By the way, in my print on demand course, I break it down for you on a platform to platform basis. I talk about things like how to optimize your keywords, optimize for SEO on all of them. Uh, all those things, run sales, advertise, etc. So if you're interested, obviously, there's always a link in the description to check that out. Uh, after Zazzle, though, we've got Redbubble. Again, those two are kind of similar to each other, except in my experience, Redbubble typically ranks higher in organic search results than Zazzle does. Also, Redbubble runs a lot of Google shopping ads, which I love, and that's not at our expense. They do that for us, and then we make a royalty when there's a sale on one of our designs. Uh, after Redbubble, we've got eBay. For some reason, they've indexed ebay.co.uk instead of ebay.com. Your guess is as good as mine. But anyways, that's the list of priorities. And then down there, after five different major e-commerce marketplaces, I had to put a big red circle right here. I always point backwards right here. Uh, Boardpanda.com. And this is just a blog post. So this isn't even... Well, actually, I didn't click the link. So I don't know if they're selling face masks. If they're not, you can guarantee there's going to be a bunch of ads for people to buy face masks on that article. But... Just think, if you're trying to rank your own website, your own Shopify store, look at your competition. It's massive, massive e-commerce giants. You know, you've got Jeff Bezos and his $150 billion or whatever the heck he's worth these days. You gotta outrank him because realistically, most people are clicking the first link. They're not clicking the second link, third link, etc. cetera. Um, so even cracking page one is gonna be really hard if you're not spending money for visibility. And by the way, real quick, after saying that for the first time in this video, Tomorrow, I'm going to be doing part two because I don't want to just tell you about a problem and try to deter you from doing something. I want to inspire you to take action and help you be successful. Tomorrow, part two of this video, I'm bringing on my friend John, who is extremely successful as a Shopify dropshipping store owner. And he runs, I don't even know how much money he's spending these days, but I see him all the time bragging about the success he's having running primarily Facebook ads, driving them to Shopify stores and converting. So tomorrow, guys, stay tuned. Part two is coming. Again, today I'm talking about how to build organic traffic. Tomorrow I'm showing you how to do paid traffic, which a lot of me showing you the organic stuff is to paint a realistic picture that it's not easy and you're better off if you're serious about this 
doing the paid traffic strategy. So that's coming tomorrow. But real quick, since you should not ignore organic traffic, now I'm gonna walk you through my web developer side of things is gonna take over. I'm gonna walk you through just some quick tips. I'm not gonna harp on these too long. So I highlighted in red right here. This is the title. This is the meta title of these pages. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, you gotta do a little research. I'm not gonna make this too technical, but every web page in existence should have a meta title as well as an H1 title. Those two typically have the same values. I feel like I'm teaching my web development course um, at the local university that I've been teaching for six years there. This is the st same stuff I tell them. But your title is extremely important. The same way it is if you're creating an e-commerce listing on Amazon, eBay, Etsy, wherever, where your title is extremely important, so it, uh, it, it's also extremely important for trying to rank on Google. So I highlighted that first. Notice how we searched funny face mask and what a coincidence, funny face mask is replicated in all of the top five search results. Next up, description. I'm sure you've noticed the text underneath the title when you do a search on Google. This is the meta description. Both of these, I keep saying meta by the way because these aren't publicly visible in the page content. <clears throat> you have to go to the page source code and these things are specified by the web developer or if you're on Shopify or WordPress, chances are they're just pulling from <clears throat> they're pulling from some like database field, like wherever you put your product title in Shopify, that's most likely gonna just get set to your page title automatically. And wherever you put your product description, that's most likely getting pulled into your uh, meta description. But anyways, if you're trying to rank on a specific set of keywords, guys, you want to put funny face mask in the title. You wanna have it in the description. After that, you really want to, and I didn't highlight on Amazon just because they're just doing search results for exactly what you searched in Google. So that's not Amazon structuring their description. That's just Google understanding how to uh, structure Amazon when they're directing traffic that way in search results. Next up, put it in your URL. Now, if you're not technical, this is easier said than done. I get it. I, I'm, you know, that's why web developers get paid a premium. Uh, you know, it was a, it was a good living while I was still working nine to five as a web developer. And hey, if for some reason the e-commerce stuff doesn't work out, I, I got a nice comfortable living waiting for me. I can always go back to. So repeating your keywords, your primary keywords in the URL is the third check on the checklist. Again, notice this is what we're doing here. We're just repeating the keywords that we want to rank for. We are assisting the algorithms in knowing what to associate our web page with. Additionally, again, don't want to talk about this forever, but keyword repetition in content. So, so far we looked at meta things, meta title, meta description, URL. Now we actually get into the page content. You want keyword repetition there as well. Uh, backlinks. Now, if you don't know what those are, you know how we call the internet the web? It's really a web of hyperlinks pointing you to different locations, different endpoints on the web. For instance, when you search Google, all of those blue texts, those are hyperlinks. So we create the web by websites linking to each other. When you have inbound links pointing to your website, Google's, Google and their bots, they're crawling web content all the time. When they see links pointing to a website, they say, hmm, website A is pointing to website B. Oh, what's this? Website C is also pointing to website B. That's signaling value when other websites are pointing to a website, a different website. It signals value to the algorithm and it's extremely... Um, it's a very important way of signaling to the Google algorithms that your page is of value. And when it, when you get into the SEO side of things, like there's companies that 
there's companies that pay me. You know the website I showed you my statistics for a couple minutes ago? There's companies that pay me like $250 a pop to just copy paste a hyperlink to one of their websites because my website's ranking really high on keywords that they want to rank on. So if I'm an authority on those keywords and I link to their website, it boosts their website's organic rank. Um, and if, you know, obviously they've got money to blow and they're planning on making it back. So, you know, it pays to rank well on Google and that is not going to change anytime soon. Uh, and then domain age, this is something that people sleep on, you know, not to like burst your bubble or be the bearer of bad news, but I know a lot of people work so hard on launching their own custom store. It takes so much time, so much effort. I've been there. I've done that. I've tied a Shopify print on demand store to the website I was showing you statistics for. I've since killed it because I decided actually I just, I replaced it with uh, links to my Amazon merch listings because I realized like, you know what? I don't make the same markup selling on Amazon, but if I get the sales on Amazon and Amazon loves when you drive external traffic to their website. So anytime I'm getting sales on Amazon, I'm boosting my organic rank on Amazon too, which is that flywheel effect where you send customers, they convert, you jump in the rank. Send customers, convert, jump in the rank. And then as you jump in the rank, you start getting more organic visibility. You start getting more sales. You just keep climbing. So that's my strategy there. I also do that for one of my big uh, FBA brands. All of them have the website. All the products have the website URL. Website URL goes straight to the Amazon store. And that's that. Uh, But the third one, domain age. When you buy a uh, domain, like you you just tried so hard. You launched your website. You, you're going live. You're so happy. Your domain is brand new though. And the Google algorithm can see that. I mean, I can go, there's a website. Go to whois.net. You can look up so much about any domain. Type in any domain. You can see it. Um, the age, by the way, you can't hide that. That can never be masked. And that's one of the biggest uh indicators of like if a website is a scam website the first thing i look at is like how old is the domain oh it's made a month ago okay i don't trust it you know so anyways guys didn't want to talk about that forever one last piece of strategy though if you're going the route of doing your own store and you're selling through printful is take advantage of order pack-ins printful lets you put inserts into um, products that they fulfill for you now it does come with an additional cost and also know your marketplace If you're selling Printful Amazon integration and you do this, you're going to get in trouble. But if you're selling Printful Etsy, Etsy doesn't have anything against it, at least not that I know of. Not, I mean, I've heard of people doing this pretty recently. So with Etsy, you can take an Etsy customer, put your order pack in, say 10% off your next sale, put a URL to your website. And then obviously if you're doing everything correctly with your Shopify store, you'll be running promotions and bringing people back when you build your email list. Um, That's a big part of it. And if you need ideas, by the way, go sign up for Redbubble. They do a great job. Literally, just look at how Redbubble brings people back to their platform and do that for your store. Uh, But yeah, take advantage of order pack-ins. Very easy to set up. It's just going to cost you a little bit of extra money. But um, actually, you know who told me about this, by the way, was the Printful CEO. Uh, I actually had an hour-long interview with him. This was last year, but it's still on my YouTube channel if anybody's interested in um, basically what he suggested to me based on what the top-tier print-on-demand sellers using Printful are doing because you better believe I didn't just let him pick my brain. I picked his brain as well and uh, a lot of value in that video. All right, that's it for this one, guys. Real quick, before you leave, I have a free print-on-demand mini course. It'll set you up with the Printful Etsy integration. Link in the description. 
I also have a print-on-demand Facebook community. Link in the description. I'd love to have you there, guys. I publish income reports each month. If you want to follow my journey as a print-on-demand seller, FBA seller, KDP seller, merch seller, I publicly share everything. So subscribe and you'll get alerted for those videos. And I have a full-blown print-on-demand course, over 60 lectures, 10 modules. It's basically multiple courses rolled up into one for the price of one course, though. And it's actually been extremely popular lately. People are killing it with print-on-demand sales right now. So take advantage. There's never been a better time. Stay tuned for part two tomorrow, guys. I'm gonna be bringing my friend John on. He's an expert with Facebook ads and he's gonna be sharing strategies with you to drive traffic from Facebook to your Shopify print-on-demand store. So that's what he gets for assisting me in the video. Anyways, guys, thank you for checking this video out. Do me a favor if you didn't already. If you're not convinced that he's the cutest little micro chihuahua you've ever seen, hit the like button. Anybody that hits the dislike button is saying that they don't think Boo Boo did a great job as my co-host in this video. So obviously there's gonna be zero dislikes on the video. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. My YouTube analytics showed me that about 70% of you guys aren't subscribed. What are you doing? I'm dropping fire videos every day, helping you further your e-commerce businesses. All you gotta do is hit the big red button. And if you wanna be alerted the next time I drop a video, hit the little bell icon that pops up. And I'll see you guys at the next video.